You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 257 of Podcateers. This week we wrap up this month's Fantasyland talks with some armchair imagineering because dragons. We'd love to hear your thoughts about what you'd like to remove or replace in Fantasyland. You can join the conversation on any of our social networks. Just search for Podcateers on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Make sure to check out the blog post for this episode for some videos about things that we talk about in the episode over at podcateers.com slash 257. If you like the podcast and you'd like to help us continue to produce these episodes, we have a simple way for you to do that. The next time that you need to buy something on Amazon, start that purchase by going to podcateers.com slash Amazon. On that page, you'll find a large Amazon button that'll take you to Amazon's homepage using our special referral link, and anything you buy will earn us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because we mentioned them on this podcast. If you're already doing this before each purchase, we'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you. If you want a better way to support the podcast, which can even score you some cool swag starting next month in June 2019, it's by becoming part of the FGP squad, or as we call them, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's largely their support that help make these episodes of Podcasters possible via their contributions on Patreon. So to everyone on the FGP squad, we just want to send out a huge thank you for their continued support. So it's time to talk about new pixie dust we'd like to see in the parks. Here is episode 257 of Podcateers. So you you remember a couple of... Maybe it was last time. No, I think it was like two episodes ago. We talked about the California Raspberry Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Did you finally get some? Right here. <laughs> and it's so delicious. Is it? It's so good. Nice. It's, nice. What I love about it is that it's just a little a little subtle hint of raspberry. It's not like I like the orange vanilla one, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but the orange vanilla one like hits you right in the face. You know, it's like, here we go. Orange vanilla all the way. The California Raspberry, it's a subtle little flavor shift is all it is and it's beautiful wow that's interesting because i i recently found out that uh, a mutual friend of ours also tried it and she thought it was too syrupy really yeah she didn't like it all that much well i mean to be fair coca-cola is syrup like that's kind of very true yeah that's just carbonated syrup uh but i i get that i i feel like it's a sugar rush. They're a sugar <laughs> rush. <laughs> nice. Uh, I can see how somebody would take it that way because I have had a couple of like uh, aftertastes and it kind of a little bit like cough syrup sometimes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But uh, most of the time, I just feel like it's a nice little subtle hint of raspberry. I love it. I want to try this. It's good. The f- they sell the four pack at Target. They probably sell it at other places, but it's worth it. Do you think that now that you've tried this one, you'll want to try the peach one? I'm still not convinced about the peach one, man. Like, I've had peach soda before, and that's okay, but mixing peach with Coca-Cola, I don't know. For some reason, I just can't get my mind around that one. Hmm. I feel like I might I try buy it. it just to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see what it's like. We, Maybe we I'll slip do a one in. 
taste test. We should. Maybe I'll like buy the four pack of the raspberry and I'll slip one of the other ones in. I'll be like, what? It's also a Coke. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I'm sure that'll fly. Yeah. So this weekend, the, uh, the magic was supposed to come back because the castle walls were finally supposed to come down. Did any of you go to check it out? Because as much as I wanted to go, I didn't get a chance to do that. No. I did. You did? Uh, How did it go? I I went today. Nice. uh, Because I, too, was under the impression that the the old Sleeping Beauty Castle, or Pinky as some people call her, uh, would be (laughs) uh, fully, fully revealed. And I was disappointed to see that the construction walls are still up. However... The scrim that was covering the upper two-thirds of the castle has been removed, and you can see over the wall to the current iteration of the castle, and it's gorgeous. I'm so impressed by what they did. It is colorful and beautiful. It has so many more visual elements to it. Like, it actually, they've done... They didn't change anything architecturally, but because of the way they decided to go with the color scheme and the way that they painted it, it reveals so many of the details that you overlook in previous iterations of the castle. And it just, I feel like the castle is just coming to life right now. It's so, so beautiful. I'm 100% behind every decision they made in doing this. (laughs) I love it. It feels more fantastical to me. It feels more in keeping with Disneyland classic fairy tales. It is so beautiful. I can't wait for you guys to see it in person. I'm I'm thrilled with it, and I haven't even seen the bottom half of it yet. It's so good. It's so beautiful. The gold like gleams in the light. Like it like reflects beautifully. It's ah. Uh, I can't say enough about it. It's it's truly, truly wonderful what they've done with the castle. I'm very impressed. I've seen pictures and it look. I'm like, oh man, I want to see this, because you know yeah. that's that's home for a lot of us. So to see oh, yeah. like a brand new, you know, look to it, any kind of touch, it's like, this is so pretty. And then we have hearts in our eyes, and then we're just like so <laughs> glowing over it. So I'm. I'm yeah. excited to see it. Hopefully by this week. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Mel. I saw the pictures on Instagram as well as people were posting them. And oh yeah, I, I thought the walls were completely down yeah. because people were taking pictures of the spires and just mm-hmm. how that was painted. And I thought, oh man, yesterday I wanted to go and I unfortunately it just didn't work out i i just had a lot of adulting to do yesterday Mm -hmm. and then today i was too tired from the adulting from yesterday (laughs) and i i could barely move today (laughs) so uh, i am going to have to make a trip down to the park soon because remember we were talking about disneyland forever coming back yeah it's Mm -hmm. actually coming back it's not a rumor it's coming back and Mickey's Mixed Magic will be ending in June. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's so weird to me. In true Hazen form, I am going to, I guess, see this on closing weekend. <laughs> and hopefully I get a chance uh, to course. film it at this point. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. For some reason, that's just how it's worked out with some of these shows for me. 
I got lucky with the Pixar one because mm-hmm. we just happened to be there opening weekend, you know, visiting with friends and stuff. I was there with Mel mm-hmm. and with our friend Jill and uh, it was it was awesome. I think we saw that one two weeks in a row. We saw it opening and then we saw it the weekend after. Yeah. But most of the other stuff, I just tend to wait for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. But that's okay. That's okay. I, I need to break that cycle. We need to plan something so that I can go watch it and film it and put it up on the YouTube channel. And hopefully somebody will want to watch that video and all that filming and videoing won't be in vain i'll watch it <laughs> and it'll be great so and when does great. the mickey's mix magic end um i want to say early june i don't have an exact date but okay. once i know what the date actually is i'll put it in the blog post for the episode for anyone that's interested uh just head over to podcasters.com slash 257 and uh, I'll put all the information about Disneyland Forever and Mickey's Mix Magic going away. And if you're lucky, you'll also see the Mickey's Mix Magic video from the YouTube channel. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, hey, speaking of YouTube, remember I told you about the Guardians of the Galaxy, the four different animation things that they were doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They put the first episode up on the Disney XD YouTube channel finally. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I'll put that in the blog post too. Uh, I was going to update the last one, and then I'll put it in this one in case anybody wants to check it out. It's the the Snow White animation, and Gamora is the main star of that first part. And dude... It it starts off so cutesy and sweet and takes a turn that you will not believe. <laughs> That's cool. They're shorts, right? Half an hour episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not not shorts. They're full episodes. Okay, yeah, cool. Mission Breakout was not its own actual like series. Ah. And this is just part of the Mission Breakout cartoon series. Oh. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So yeah, anyway, I will update that. Um, oh, so, since... Wait, I, I want to... I wanna... I want to go back to my visit to the park today a little bit just for a second because uh, we've talked about it before and we've talked about it recently with our parking discussions. Um, I had that terrible experience today where you turn on to what is the road where the Mickey and Friends is on? uh, Disneyland Drive. Is it Disney Disneyland Mm -hmm. Drive? Yeah. So you turn down that road. If you're coming across ball. You, you make the turn on you, – you can't tell until you make the turn onto that road whether or not Mickey and Friends is closed. Right. Well, it so happens that today it was closed. And it took me almost a full hour to get from there to a parking spot in Toy Story because mm-hmm. that creates a traffic jam right there. And it takes you forever just to get down to Catella and then – um, hint, don't ever turn left on Catella. Just keep going and turn left on Orangewood. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that and I turned left on Harbor and it was just traffic jam, right? And I kept thinking, what in the world is creating this this cluster here? I mean, it is. there is so much traffic, it's not even funny. It took me a full hour. I finally get to the park and I had to go to uh, somewhere in downtown Disney to make a return for something that we bought. And downtown Disney was just oh. mobbed with people. And I see people everywhere and they're all with their faces in their phones. <laughs> they're flicking things. They're going right. crazy. 
freaking Pokemon Go kept me from Disneyland. <laughs> and it was I I've never seen so many people in downtown Disney. And then in the parks, just throngs of people <laughs> going around catching their pokey whatnots. <laughs> That's right. It was the nerdiest day ever. Oh That's my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. You people ruined it. Uh, but I was struck by something. It was interesting to me to note the very broad demographic playing this game because I saw all types, all ages mm-hmm. playing Pokemon Go. And I was actually kind of impressed by that. Wait, anyway. so this is actually the first time that has really hit you even though we've been talking about this for almost a year uh that everybody plays it but me yes (laughs) yeah kind of (laughs) well i mean i saw about being a nerd i saw like like old couples like in their 60s like chilling around playing go together it's yeah i had no idea i really didn't because i just i didn't give it a chance at all. Uh, I still haven't given it a chance, really, but I was impressed by that. And so, yeah, more power to the pokey crowd. So today was actually a Pokemon community day. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. So I, monthly, I knew that. <laughs> monthly, they have the community days. And downtown Disney and Disneyland California Adventure are replete with Pokestops. Yeah. You can't walk 10 feet without hitting a Pokestop. I could tell. And it's a fantastic area to catch and lure as much as possible. And so the droves of people come to that area, especially downtown Disney, because you don't mm-hmm. really have to pay, you know, right. un- unless you're paying for parking. If you have a pass, you don't even have to do that. You do get several hours for free, especially if you end up eating there. And most people that go for a community day end up eating at one of the restaurants yeah. after they're done and get validated anyway. So yeah. you got to jump on, man. One of the best things, though, is that there could be so many people, but everyone's really friendly. Like, let's say they found something on one side. They'll let everybody know, and then we'll go to that area, you know, or whatnot. Because sometimes, you know, you would say you'd see a lot of spawns. That's what you're you're looking for. So, I mean, I, I've seen a couple people be like, hey, you know, over there they have them or over here. Or, have you caught anything? Did you catch that yeah. 100 that was over there by Uva Bar? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Is there was there like a a cutoff time at some point yes. today? Three to six. Okay. Okay. Because I could definitely tell when everybody left. Yeah, it was three to six. It was like night and day when I got there and then when I left because when I got there, it was <laughs> insanely crowded. And that's why Mickey and Friends was closed and it took me an hour to park. So yeah. I'm kind of miffed at Pokemon Go. Nah, but also kind be. of impressed. Pokemon Go bringing the community together. <laughs> Shout out to Adriana from the FGP squad who's on my friends list. And we're about to become best friends. Nice. Which takes like, what, six months or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how many days it takes to become best friends with somebody. But you have to play like every day with them. And since we're in two different states, you know, you have to send each other gifts. 
And so that's wow. how you kind of level up. But you get a lot of perks once you hit that fourth level of friendship because then you can trade and uh, battle and get all sorts of goodies at a discounted rate yeah. of stardust and candies. And that, Dude, we got to get you playing. <laughs> you got to catch them all, Gavin. Oh, my God. I think Charlie would kill me if I started playing that. <laughs> Don't tell her. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> She'll never know. Uh-huh. I just hope she doesn't just hear this away episode. at your phone. It's like, what are you doing over there? It's like, nothing. <laughs> Why do you keep walking over to our neighbor's house? <laughs> Catching invisible monsters, yo. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, well, I'm I thought sorry that was that worth the poke telling. crowd. Yeah, it's I'm, all right. I'm sorry that the Poke crowd got to you today, buddy. Yeah, whatever. They and, were, and th- like you said, they were harmless. They were all very nice, very and harmless. And just wait, just wait. This is just the Poke crowd. Imagine when Wizards Unite launches, and then you have all the Harry Potter geeks playing the same type of game as oh, a wizard. Man. You'll be a wizard, Harry. Well, hopefully, all the big things will be at Universal, not at Disney, right? You would think. Because all the same stops all oh, come right. from the game Ingress. Because mm-hmm. Ingress was their original like VR game. And so mm-hmm. they took all the portals from Ingress, made them Pokestops. And so all the Pokestops will also be uh, Wizard Towers or... Oh, I forgot what they're called in Wizards Unite. I was checking it out the other day. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be full of people there too. I could say <laughs> oh I played gosh. at CityWalk. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I played yeah. there. So, I mean, it's going to be any everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm just hoping You're like if they have days it. that they don't collide because that'll be oh. just that's double. So That would be crazy. Yeah. Man. And, and see, I've been trying to reach level 40 in Pokémon before Wizards Unite happens mm-hmm. because I don't want to have to like split my time between games. <laughs> so, I've oh been fierce, like Fiercely trying to hit level 40 because in a way, level 40 is kind of the end of the game for Pokemon because that's the highest level that you can hit. Once you catch all the Pokemon, then you've kind of done everything outside of getting medals that are unattainable. They won't increase the level cap at some point? Maybe, but at this point, they haven't announced plans of doing that because they've Mm. been adding all this other peer-to-peer battling Mm -hmm. and stuff that like the Mm. trading mechanics and everything. Until that cap goes up, once you reach that level 40 status and you kind of have everything that's available, the only other time that you really want to jump in again is to collect the new stuff that gets released. And once you catch that, you're kind of done again. Got it. You know, so that's kind of where I want to hit before Wizards Unite. And I'm starting to get worried. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think of the... What is it? Three million for level forty. I'm at one point four million oh, experience points. You're so, so close. So wait, if you're not at forty by the time Wizards whatever comes out, unite. You're gonna have so much FOMO that you have to start that right away. You can't just wait until you finish Pokemon. Yep. <laughs> Golly. Yep. You know you have control over these things, right? They don't nope. control you. Nope. Hazen, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> This is why we're behind on our YouTube channel. I don't make the rules, Gavin. Fighting words. (laughs) It's it's true. It is. (laughs) I'm kidding. You you have fun. You you play the games you want to play. Look, it has full control over me, and I accept it. I like it. (laughs) 
Speaking of tons of people and things Gavin doesn't like, <laughs> Avengers Endgame! <laughs> oh. Avengers Perfect. Endgame has finally dethroned uh, Avatar. In the U.S., uh, it reached $771 million, uh, to surpass Avatar as the number two highest grossing movie ever in the U.S. Uh, and in Canada. It's still trailing behind The Force Awakens, uh, which made $937 million. Uh, on, on the worldwide scale, Endgame is currently at $2.6 billion. Avatar is at $2.78 billion. Jeez. Oh, so man. Endgame is so close to taking that throne away from Avatar. I know Gavin doesn't want that to happen because he's a bigger <laughs> Avatar fan than he is a Marvel fan, but it's inevitable. I mean, Avatar stood on its own two feet. This this film needed like 20 other films to help it on its way, but whatever. Well, at least they were good. Oh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I, I don't begrudge... I don't begrudge the success of Endgame. I, that's fine. I just, I'm just not interested in it. I get that, and, and <laughs> but, that's okay. And that's impressive because Avatar was such an insane, huge hit. I mean, it came out what ten years ago? Uh, yeah, ten or eleven. So for it like to that. be at that dollar level that long ago, yeah, like that's saying something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I, I was uh, reading something incredible. about how they adjusted for inflation, oh, and yeah. I've never understood that exactly. Like, I, I've heard the term before, but I yeah. never knew exactly how they did it, and I was reading an article, and man, it is impressive how much money that movie made when it first came out, and yeah. how it just conquered, like, everything. Mm -hmm. So, James Cameron, obviously a money-making machine, and, you know, the, the next Avatar film that comes out... I mean, honestly, does have a chance at dethroning even Endgame at that point. And that would be exciting. You know, if, yeah, if it can spawn that same magic, it certainly has a chance to dethrone Endgame. Uh, I would like to see it happen, though. I, I think it's really cool, primarily because... I really like the way that the studios congratulate each other by putting yeah. out these little cartoons in newspapers and ads saying like, hey, congratulations. For instance, when uh, Titanic was overtaken by Endgame, they released a cartoon of the Avengers logo sinking the Titanic. <laughs> so I thought that was super cool. Very uh, cool. <laughs> you know, so it, it was like James Cameron and his company, I forgot what it's called, like his production company, congratulate Marvel and everyone involved for Endgame for their feet. And mm -hmm. I think it's cool yeah. how the studios and the filmmakers congratulate each other like that. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I, it's interesting because, you know, this is probably, in all likelihood, the peak of the MCU. Oh, you know, yeah. I I've, I don't know, but I really don't feel like whatever next chapter comes along, I don't see it ever being as big as this first 11 years, you know, no. building up to this crescendo. So it's it's kind of cool to be you know a part of that film history and and watch, watch it uh unfold yeah but yeah i I, I feel like marvel's gonna have to start something completely new to 
try and rise to this level again, you know, some sort of ancillary tangential thing that's not related specifically to this, because I feel like this is kind of run its course as far as the uh, the uphill climb goes. And yeah. I think a lot of the things that they're doing in chapter two or whatever the next phase is are interesting and they'll be able to continue on several of the franchises like guardians of the galaxy and whatnot, yeah. uh, which will be totally successful. But I just don't know how they could ever reach this height again. Cause it's super impressive. Yeah. And then considering all the risks that they took on putting people that weren't really known there was mm-hmm. something that popped yeah. up the other day and I saw it and it was a screenshot of an article that was 10 years old. And I remember it was uh, talking about Chris Helmsworth and um, Loki. Why am I can't? I can't. Tom Hiddleston. Yes, thank you. I was like, I can't think. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, to think about it, it's like, dang, like looking back and stuff, just maybe, maybe they may go that route. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Well, it's not just that, though. I mean, I know we're going to get into this. We're going to be doing a Marvel episode soon about the MCU and everything. But everything that they did, starting with pulling Robert Downey Jr. into uh, the foray, because at the time, he didn't have the greatest True. things going on in his life. Okay, Correct. so the fact that they even took a chance on him, and this is what it turned into... I mean, kudos to John Favreau and you know everybody involved in the creation of that first film. And hey, since we're on the subject, congratulations to Robert Downey Jr. on being one of the honorees in this year's class of Disney Legends. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can imagine that I was super stoked when I saw the news. We posted the entire list of all of the honorees over at podcasters.com if you guys want to go check that out. <laughs> I, I remember that morning we have this group chat thing and then Mel says, hey, they were listening. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a couple of the people that we mentioned in our episode of who we would honor uh, made the list. Mm-hmm. So I thought that yeah. was pretty cool that we're, you know, very in sync with who we felt deserved uh, a Disney Legend Award. Still no Phil Harris. Not yet. I know. Not yet. <laughs> What the heck? Did he like punch Walt in the face or something? Like, there's got to be some story. <laughs> you right? heard Gavin say it here first, guys. <laughs> uh, Hashtag but, did it happen? But Darth Vader's getting in. Yeah. Darth Vader and Mufasa. Yep. And Winifred. He was on your list, right? Yeah. Heck yeah. Was Bette Midler on, on any one of our lists? I don't remember. No, that. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No. And I would have felt like it was going to really... be on Mel's for some reason because of Hocus Pocus. No. But that's it, right? Is that the only Disney connection? Or did she do anything else for like Touchstone Pictures? No, she was um, Georgette in uh, Oliver and Company. She was who? Georgette. The Poodle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that enough to be a legend? I don't know. I like that one. That one was a little bit like iffy for me, honestly. I love Bette Midler. I think she's fantastic. Right. But has she done enough with Disney to be a legend? I think it's because uh, Hocus Pocus just hit an anniversary. But why aren't the other two in it? That's a fantastic because <laughs> question. Because that is a trio and they're nothing without each other. That is true. Yeah. Right? I, I guess. I mean, I think that was a marketing choice. Just I mean, so pretty much everything she did was with Touchstone. 
Yeah. What else did she do with Touchstone? Uh, she was in Down and Out in Beverly Hills. She was in Ruthless People, Outrageous Fortune, Big Business. She was in Beaches. Um, Beaches I mean, was she Touchstone. I I believe it's all Touchstone. Okay, I'm well, pretty I guess certain. That adds I mean, up. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But I'm pretty sure that's all Touchstone. And then hmm. the song that came from that movie, "Wind Beneath My Wings," went on to win yeah. like eight million awards. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there is that. It's one of the most spoofed songs of all time, too. So that's legendary. I mean, we should create our own version of it, too. Oh, boy. Let's do it. <laughs> we should. I mean, that'll be a thing one day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you guys want to check out the list of the Disney legends, you can check out podcuteers.com. Scroll down a little bit below the main episode. You will see uh, the blog post with all of the legends. Or you can go to podcuteers.com slash 257. I'll put a link for it there if you want to check it out. Congratulations to all of the honorees. I am going to do my best to be there, as is my tradition, every time that that ceremony goes on. This year, for some reason, I feel it's going to be the most difficult one I've ever had to go to. And it's only because of Robert Downey Jr. Oh, really? More difficult than last year? Because last year was mega headliner for me right but i think that because of where we are with the mcu how it all concluded and because robert downey jr is going to be there i think this is going to be a Hmm. nightmare to get into Hmm. and i'm gonna be we're gonna try try to get in i will support you in that effort but i will not be in line with you but will you bring me coffee and donuts I that that might be arranged. Yes. All right. I'm sure we could probably figure something I'll out. I'll camp out All if right. you need a partner <laughs> for bathroom <laughs> breaks. Yeah, I mean, this. that's the first morning of the expo, as always. Yep. So I will be there at least by 3 a.m. to get in line. I usually get in line just for the showroom, though. There's two lines opening day for the show floor and for the legends ceremony. Mm-hmm. Those are the two lines. I get in line for the show floor because. The last couple of years, I haven't been interested in the Legends one. So that'll be the case for me. So if I hit the show floor, I can find some coffee and some donuts or whatever. I'll hook you up, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we are going to have to start making our plans soon for D23. More importantly, I think I'll have to buy tickets for D23. Oh, my gosh. You haven't bought tickets yet? I have not. Get them. I have not. I, I do have. Uh. I know that the three-day passes are already gone. So yep. if anything, I yeah. want to try to get at least the Friday ticket mm-hmm. yeah. and, of course, Saturday. If, if I can miss any day, obviously, I w- I'll, I'll miss Sunday. Yeah. But Friday and Saturday are the two days Saturday is my day. Saturday go. Saturday is usually the day that they do the parks and resorts uh, yeah. presentation. That's my jam. I can't wait and, for that. And that's why Friday... You know, it's so important to me just because of the Legends Legends, Award. yeah. So, I, but, you know, it's weird because I feel like the first three expos I went to, the Legends were like, I had to see. But then the last two expos, the list has been like, uh, it's, I don't know. It's not as interesting to me because they're going, there's so many more uh, entities. You know, they're going LucasArts, yeah. they're going Marvel, they're going... They're expanding outside of ABC the parks and the resorts, and, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm interested in, like, the Imagineers and the Disney artists. That's, yeah. you know, and some of the voice actors. And a lot of people have actually had an issue with that as far as the award ceremonies have gone because, you know, the award was always primarily for the animators, for the Imagineers, for everyone that actually is behind the scenes for 
the Disneyland resort and the production yeah. that goes behind it. But I mean, everything being under the Disney umbrella drastically changes all of that, right? you know, and they're trying to pay homage to all of these people as well. But I could see where you're coming from. Like, there's a lot of people that want to keep it as pure as possible, you know, just Disney. But there is a finite amount of people that they can award a legend statue to within the Imagineers and the animators. And there are some that I think should have been awarded sooner than others and some that haven't yeah. been awarded that should be awarded sooner. But maybe they're waiting for particular anniversaries to happen in order to sync that up or something. I don't know. That might be. I just feel like just because you have a Hall of Fame doesn't mean you have to have like a class of X number yeah. of nominees every single year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you don't have eight, then just put two in and maybe it's a smaller show. Maybe you do more like longer tributes. But the other thing that they used to do that was interesting is they used to do a lot more performances in the legend ceremony, you know? So like when they nominated all the princesses, all the uh, singers and voice actresses, mm -hmm. and they all came out and sang their signature songs from their movies. And when Jim Henson went in, you know, the Muppets came out and did two different performances. Oh my God. That you, was amazing. right. Yeah. Oh. There wasn't a dry eye in the house, you know, but then it just became like a regular award ceremony where people just come up and give a little acceptance speech and that's it, you know? Yeah. So that's that's the other reason why I, I'm not going to stand in line for hours for that. You know, it's like I can just see the highlights later on yeah. online. Yeah. And the spoiler's already broken because we know who it is, you know? It's not like it would be more interesting, I think, if they didn't reveal who they were going to be. If who it was the like, guest of honor was like come, that day. Yeah, come yeah. see who the legends are going to be. Like, we don't know. Yeah. Like, Last know. time, the big surprise was obviously that they gave Johnny Depp his legend award, and he mm -hmm. wasn't on the bill uh, to receive one yeah. that day. Like, they just said, oh, and by the way, you know, and they started uh, flashing uh, – uh, like a promo video for him and people lost it. Uh -huh. And then he came out and they said, you know, the, our newest Disney legend and they awarded it to him. And I thought, well, this is wrong. And, uh, <laughs> I, at the time I was fairly against it, but eh, I've come to terms with it. Wait, you were against Johnny Depp getting a legends award. I was, <laughs> uh, I agree. you're wrong. Uh, yeah, that's what my brother said too. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but I was against it. I mean, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yet Iron Man can just walk in and uh, he sure can. no problem. <laughs> Whatever. He sure can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, that's a conversation for another day. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, D23 totally coming up. If you guys are going to be there, uh, let us know. Send us a message. Maybe we can do some, like, yeah. mini meetup either at the expo or after the expo for a little bit, and then we can all get together and do a picture or something. Uh, so send us a message if you plan on being there, and we'll plan something out. Um, oh, man, we're... Yeah, this this is already going so long, and I, I've had so much stuff that I wanted to talk about. But I think it's time that we should jump into our yeah. main event for this episode. Are you guys game? Should we oh jump into gosh. that now? So ready. All right. If you're new to the podcast, uh, every month we try to concentrate on a new section of the park. Maybe an attraction, maybe a land, maybe uh, a park in general. 
And this month we were talking about Fantasyland. So we had several episodes where we talked about several portions of Fantasyland, gave you a little bit of the history. And at the end of each month, we culminate with an armchair Imagineering episode where we talk a little bit about what we would like to see come to that section or park or area. And we just go crazy imagining what we would tear down. And I've torn down entire parks before, and I've gotten my hand slapped. But this time, a whole park is going down. I'm kidding. A whole park is not going down. But what? I did only come up with one idea. What? Uh, I mean, I have a couple of little no, ideas that I don't right. think are worthy of, like, oh, this is a cool, like, thing to do. Um no, I mean they're kind of lame, but I mean compared to right. what I yeah, was Yeah, but like, the one you thought was lame last time was our favorite one from you. Yeah, no, but these are these were more afterthoughts while processing the bigger one that I wanted. Okay, okay. That's why I'm saying that they're not cuz the other one was my first thought and then I mm-hmm. thought that'll mm-hmm. never work and then I came up with my other idea. This was an I like these were ideas that happened while I was thinking of the other ones because I thought like well where's that gonna go and I just happened to like do something with them. <laughs> so nice. I feel like we're gonna be yeah. competing for a lot of the same spaces geographically in this one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean there's there's only yeah. a. a a little bit of space that's considered fantasy land. So spoiler alert, it was nice knowing you, Fantasyland Theater. Well <laughs> Yeah, I've I've done that before. Look, there's several things that I'm gonna say as part of my idea that people may be yelling at their speakers at by the time I'm done. Ooh, I like it. Controversy. All right. Three. So All right. uh how many ideas do you each have? I have th- three main ideas, yeah. Oh wow, that's bad of me. Uh okay. So okay, uh, I will I will give you one of my lame ideas first. Then okay, cool. Okay, and then we'll jump to you guys, and, and then uh, I'll just kind of go at the end if that's okay, because I feel like sure you guys will will take up the good stuff. Is that so, okay? Yeah, I like it. I All like right. It. All right, well, before we jump into our main topic, I do want to remind you that if you like to shop on Amazon, one of the best ways to help support the podcast is by starting that next purchase by going to podcasters.com slash Amazon, clicking on the huge Amazon button that's on the page. It'll take you to Amazon using our special affiliate link, and anything that you buy may earn us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because we mentioned them on this podcast, and then you went and did the clickety-click to take you to Amazon, and then you made your purchase. So to everyone that's taking the time to do that clickety-click, we just want to say thank you for that added support. Okay, so uh, what I'm putting in the it's okay if it happens and I'm okay if it doesn't happen column of my ideas is I would like to see a reimagined phantasmic show that actually doesn't happen on the rivers of America. Like I want it to happen in fantasy land in front of the castle. And primarily I want that to happen because I want to see Maleficent above the castle where she belongs burning fire along the courtyard. Wait, Melissa's head literally just exploded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This is like a dream come true. I can see Maleficent on the the castle. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel that phantasmic, like I get the whole water show and I get that the it serves its purpose mm-hmm. of pushing people out of the main 
uh, like areas so that it can alleviate traffic a little bit. But man, just seeing that dragon above the castle and seeing a battle, like I get that it's Mickey's imagination and everything, but like if you saw Prince Philip come out and fight <laughs> Maleficent and like Aurora's out there screaming and stuff and like Mickey's just like, oh, this is a wonderful story, you know, like, yeah, like, oh, no, like I just think it would be better suited for that. And then oh, you man. kind of avoid the yeah. whole fireworks show because you have the whole spectacle happening yeah. there. Well, and you, you could know? you could uh, add depth to the moat and install fountains to do your projection screens, your mist screens in front of the castle. Like, yeah. So you could project one image onto the castle and then an image in front of it yeah. on the mist screen. You could get some real depth of field stuff going there. I think that's a great idea. You also have the added bonus of getting rid of that terrible right. bottleneck in New Orleans Square during Phantasmic. <laughs> so I can so just people, go on pirates over and you over go and pirates over again. whenever you want to. <laughs> and I can ride on the mansion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this idea because when New Fantasyland debuted in Walt Disney World and they had that dragon flying, I have been jealous that we do not have that here. Oh, I know. Wait, what do they have? They had a dragon flying, dude. Yeah. Whoa. There's video of this. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to put it in the blog post. If oh, you've man. never seen the video of Maleficent flying around Walt Disney World, it is awesome. Yeah, I never saw that. That's cool. Go check that out, pocketeers.com slash 257 to watch that video. It's like Mel, mm-hmm. it was one of my favorite promotional things they've ever done for any land. That's so cool. my the inspiration for for this dragon though uh, is is a little bit more it, it's a little bit more similar to what they have at Diagon Alley ah. at Universal. I think you can still have all the features of what Maleficent looks like as a dragon, but I think that the dynamic pose that oh. that dragon happens to be in and the way that it's clutched onto the building, I think you could do something similar where it just doesn't look like an inflatable. It doesn't look like just like a rando animatronic that just happens to move its head back and forth and its arms up and down. Like you can have it in this dynamic pose where it looks like a gremlin that's about to attack everyone in front of the castle. So I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, okay. Um, I like it. What if we added this? Let's say we have the show. And it's not just, okay, she's on there already. One, I mean, there's a way, I'm sure there is. But what if we took Maleficent literally out from the castle from behind, but nobody sees that she comes out of the castle, but she starts to crawl from the side all the way up as she's like crawling up the castle itself. And then let's say she's angled to where Mickey's like, on the side, trying to fight her, da da da, but she like just breathes fire, not into the crowd, but into the sky, and you see that like that's her, that's the mistress of all evil. I would love to see this happen. So Disney, please make it happen. All right, all right, uh, okay. I guess dope. I should have said this one second. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop shooting down your own ideas. Right, man. you've got great ideas. Like your lame ideas are awesome. But see, now I think that the second one that I was going to say is lamer uh, than no, this no, one. So I feel like I should have started with the next one. <laughs> he will be the judge. 
All right, all right. Nah, I really feel like the next <laughs> one's right. a lot more lame than this one. But okay, all who right. wants to go do next? Go, or do you want me to go, Melissa? I'll go. I'm sure yours is better, so I'll go. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean... <laughs> so I yeah, knew you guys were going to come up with attractions, like full-on attractions. So I'm like, you know what? Yep. I'm going to take a step back, and I'm going to focus on something else. So we're going to say goodbye to the Red Rose Tavern and Ooh. the little merchandise shop that used to house uh, the meet and greet for uh, Anna and Elsa. And mm-hmm. I would love to bring Nottingham's finest barbecue <sighs> barbecue. from from sherwood forest oh yes i love this i i could see this place i could see a little bit you know let's change it up let's add a little bit of you know uh, let's say forestry some tall trees whatnot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. can make that whole area into a whole what we had at big thunder ranch we know it's not going to come to galaxy's edge and i was hoping that it would so the next place I thought about was in that area, and you could actually transform yeah. it to make it look so woodsy that it connects yeah. to Big Thunder Ranch Trail. It'd be a good transition, yeah, and absolutely. the clothing, everything would be nobility. It would ring perfect with Fantasyland, with um, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. I mean, let's make it a meet-and-greet area, too, as well. Like, a character, a dining experience, per se. Yeah. And... I mean, I think it'd be pretty fun to bring that and you have the carousel right there. It would kind of work all around. So I would love to see I that and just change it all up and bring Sherwood oh Forest with the lightning bugs and fireflies and just bring that all up. I super love it. <laughs> yes. uh, this, this is amazing because Sold. to me, Robin Hood is the absolute most underrated disney film of all time yes like it it should be in everybody's top five and it's not and it and it baffles me because it's so perfect i love this idea the fact that it is completely unrepresented in the parks currently means that it's time Mm -hmm. and this is golly this is the perfect perfect spot for it i love this idea you could even have you know there's the whole tradition of weather vanes in mm-hmm. uh fantasy land you could have like a sir hiss with a yeah. balloon with an arrow through it as the weather vane right like uh, i mean yeah you, oh man my my mind is going crazy right now <laughs> with tons of ideas for this i love it i, I think it's funny because last episode I mentioned the fact that I think the Red Rose Tavern's really great. They did a good job with it, but I would nix it right now oh, yeah. for Robin Hood. Ooda la. <laughs> you know, as part of my main idea, uh, I-, I want to incorporate that oh, idea okay. into mine. And you'll understand why when I talk Ooh. about it later. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. That's awesome. All I right. love it. Is that it, Mel? Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, Well, mine actually, my first one is going to happen right next door, and I am getting rid of Pinocchio. Wow. Everybody, I'm sure, obviously is concluding that that means I'm putting Pinocchio somewhere else, and they're right. Stay tuned. (laughs) Right now, though, I'm going to use that space for a brand new dark ride. Uh, I think with Fantasyland, I... I like focusing on the truly classic Disney films. And there's one that is half represented in Fantasyland, 
and half completely not represented. And that is The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. <gasps> so Mr. Toad has his attraction, oh. but Ichabod and The Legend yes. of Sleepy Hollow <laughs> does not. And what better dark nice. ride than a misadventure with the headless horseman? Oh, right? man. Right? Okay, so we're <laughs> okay. kicking. Yeah, it's like yes, Halloween exactly. all year, so man. Right next door to Snow White's Scary Adventure, we have Ichabod Crane's Encounter with the Headless Horseman, name to be determined. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is the perfect vehicle for a dark ride. And it could be in the classic Fantasyland dark ride tradition. Um, we can you know, have all of the little scenes that kind of introduce the characters and then obviously a, a climax culminating with the escape scenes from the Headless Horseman ending up in the covered bridge effects with a flaming pumpkin head being thrown at you, like all of it. Like this could be so, yes. so cool. I I just, I feel like this needs to happen and you I don't know if they could get the I'm sure they have the licensing for it, but that all that cool Bing Crosby music that yeah. is in the film like is perfect, you know? Like you, you you have the soundtrack, you have the the setting for it. I think that you could create something in a 3-minute ride that gives you all the thrills and chills of that film and would be a brand new like total headliner for that area. Nice. And it is something definitely not represented. Right. Just like Sherwood Forest. So yeah. it would be nice to see that in that area. Mm-hmm. That's a and good it, story And it too. faces, Damn. it directly faces its counterpart in Mr. Toad. Because for those of you who don't know, that was released as a feature film, but it was really two like half films. You mm-hmm. know, not shorts, but like 40, 45 minute films that were put together in one feature release. So, yeah. yeah. I absolutely ah, good love choice. this. Oh my gosh. Just <laughs> And it this... can transition well into yeah. Sherwood Forest, you know, which is yeah. traditionally a haunted forest. So that whole left side Ooh. of Fantasyland is like the dark fantasy side, and the right-hand side Ooh. is all the whimsy and magic and you know, fairy tale goodness, right? So yeah. I think it, it makes a great. We should be on staff. We should be getting paid for this. We're creating <laughs> amazing symmetry here. So it's funny that you mentioned what you just said about the the dark half of Fantasyland because <laughs> that's that's part of my second idea. Can I? Are you yeah, done? Yeah, Can yeah. I jump Go into ahead. mine? Okay. Um, so I didn't want to cut you off, but it's funny that you said that because what I thought was kind of a lame idea was. I want to move the sword in the stone to the opposite side of the carousel Mm -hmm. because there's just a lot more area there for a Mm -hmm. show. And I want to bring back the Merlin show. I like it. But what I want to do with that area where the Red Rose Tavern is and stuff like that, like I I want the villains to come out of that side of Fantasyland. Like I want there to be like darkness there and I want there to be a child that takes out the sword and there's like an updated show where like, like there's floor hydraulics where you see smoke and like Merlin appears slowly behind the sword, like from the ground up, kind of like Mickey does in Fantasmic. And then the child that pulls the sword waves it around at the villains. And that's basically what gets them 
to go back. Like, there's a whole show around it, but the kids are the stars of the show, not an actual character. Yes. That's, that's good. awesome. I like... So I should have started with that. That I told you it was a lot more lame than my last one. No, it's great. Oh. And I can't believe that they completely abandoned that little show, that idea. Like, they've never reworked it. Like, that is one of the best photo ops in the land. And the fact that it has magic built into it that they're not using is astounding to me. Like, I really feel like they're missing out on something that's really neat. And I feel like, unfortunately, it's probably just due to the overcrowdedness of the area because of, you know, the SUV stroller brigade. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to be there anymore. Uh, They're not allowed to. That's true. I don't think they're enforcing that yet, though, right? Isn't it? I think they're starting to. I Are think they? that's why they started painting this stuff on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. We'll see if that yeah. has an effect. Uh, yeah, I don't think that show is anything that's going to be coming back anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah, that's too bad. I think it's such a great yeah. idea. It, it was a really smart idea when they came up with it. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's a good way to spend the time. I think people need something to distract them from the lines. And as it stands now, if you're in a queue for something and you and you just happen to watch the show, you're already being distracted from standing in a queue Yeah, for six hours for Peter Pan's flight. True. You know, so it would be great. Although, you know, sidebar, you know what they do in that area, which I love? The pearly band will pearly get band, on yeah. the merry-go-round or the carousel, and they'll play music as they go around. I yeah. love that. That's, That's super cool. So yeah. cool. I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mel. All right. So we know that Princess Aurora is already represented very well in the castle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't know about you. I would love to visit the cottage in the glen. Where Br'er Rose um, was raised. Okay. Yeah. And this, (laughs) I was just picking on the village house. (laughs) I mean, the Red Rose Tavern. (laughs) We're getting rid of that again. (laughs) In case, you know, plan A doesn't work out. But um, I would love to see a themed, if we're going to do a themed restaurant, you know, let's do it to the, the cottage. Let's. Have Flora, Fauna, and Merriweather come out. Let's see what the inside looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, where they placed this, where they had that. But I would love to see, like, on the cottage outside, this is the fun part. Is going to be pretty much outside more than the inside. The outside part, I would love to see Diablo, like, on the roof itself. Mm-hmm. But as an animatronic, like Figaro. And I could see him like kind of hidden. So it's not like he's so obvious, but this plays a part in the nighttime, like part of the day. So he would be looking like with his side eyes, his devious eyes and whatnot. And what I would love to see at night is the duel that's between Flora and uh, Meriwether. Yep. With the pink and the blue sparkles coming out. And then that's when Diablo's like doing his thing, like being loud, like trying to be like, oh my God, like she's here, she's here, whatnot. Um, and to see like the colors through the nooks and crannies. Yes. I think that would be so cool. And 
the one thing that I was like, you know what? I would love to try that cake. That fun of me. Right? It's got to be like a bit, like a totally lopsided, like droopy yes. looking piece of cake. <laughs> that could be the highlight dessert that you could only get there at the cottage. Yes. I mean, that's something I was like, you know, that'd be cute. I know we have the castle, but I'm like, I I love seeing inside. Like, I love walkthroughs. I love themed restaurants. I would love to see all of that. Yeah, and nice. we could keep the trees too. So works. <laughs> it's, it's just all working for you. Is everybody picking on the Red Rose Tavern? No, I'm not. Like, not yet? No. Nope. Not yet or nope. not at all? Not at all. Oh, because I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. It's funny because I figured there was a couple of the other spots that everybody would pick on. So my next two are going to be in those spots. Interesting. So you have four altogether? No, so, I have three. Or, wait, you're on your second yeah, one. Yeah, I'm on okay. my second one now. So right. is it my turn? Yep. It is your turn. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. So there's one area in Fantasyland which is kind of sequestered. It's kind of hidden and it's on its own. And you could kind of create something that wouldn't compete visually with the rest of Fantasyland. So you could kind of go to a new theme and that is that kind of bowl area where the Fantasyland theater is and so mm-hmm. i'm getting rid of the Fantasyland theater i love mickey and the magical map i think it's a wonderful show but i don't i think it's a lot of area for that one little thing that is only on sometimes and ultimately it's kind of a lot of wasted space to me So for my money, there's one major property pretty much neglected in all of the parks, and that is Aladdin. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to basically create an entire new area based on Aladdin. This is going to be your entryway into Agrabah. And a whole new world, so to speak. Exactly. <laughs> You're nicely done, sir. So basically, as you kind of climb that little rise uh, towards it, you'll be entering the Agrabah marketplace. And so there'll be little snack vendors on either side and, and little knickknack things that you can buy. Um, and one of the first things that you'll see um, as you get into the market is a new restaurant. And you're going to be able to eat at Chef Genie's restaurant and enjoy some Middle Eastern-inspired dishes. Uh, Of course, there'll be baklava, as he so famously sung about in the song. Uh, Hummus treats and things like that. So uh, it's going to be a neat little addition to the variety of food that you can enjoy in the park. But as you venture further into this kind of area you'll see the city of Agrabah kind of laid out before you and of course the palace will be there and you will enter the palace to enjoy this area's new attraction and I kind of hinted at it in our last episode that I felt it was really sad that the incredible ride format which makes all of the magic happen in the Peter Pan ride had never been used again in a Disney park, really. 
So it's time to have the suspended track dark ride revisited with a new flying carpet ride where we will travel uh, above Agrabah and many other sites around the Middle East, some famous, some fantastical. But I imagine it as kind of a combination between Peter Pan and Soren. So it's like nice. Peter Pan in those first few scenes where you're soaring over cities and, you know, through fantastical lands. But you're not ever actually entering, like, into scenes that are close at hand where action's happening, right? I think of it more of a tour. And it's much more of a, a flight kind of scenario. So you're going to fly over some of those famous scenes in the uh, whole new world scene. You'll fly around Cairo and you'll see the Sphinx and you'll fly probably around India and see things there and Iraq. And... Like a shooting star? Yeah, exactly. That's come so far? <laughs> yeah. You you got it. You're on the I, same page I, I think I get me. it now. Yeah. I think I get it. If you hold your breath, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> Dork. Uh, yeah, so I feel like they could do so much with cool, like little miniaturized models like they did with London. Uh, just with modern technology, modern effects, projection technology, and give us a really magical experience flying on a magic carpet through different scenes. And yeah, so it's going to be a new dark ride. And uh, I'm tentatively calling it the Agrabah Adventure with Aladdin and Jasmine. Mm, I would have called it carpet. Carpet. Rug. <laughs> Rug. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Aladdin is certainly, uh, especially now that you know we lost that area to the tropical hideaway. Right, it's not represented well enough in the park. So I don't even think Aladdin and Jasmine even come out for meeting greets anymore. Uh, Jasmine uh, does. I've seen Jasmine still. Uh, surely, when the film comes out in a week or two, they'll they'll bring somebody out for something but yeah you're right so they'll it's, knock something else down to put agrabah back up yeah it's it's uh <laughs> it's very underrepresented at the magic kingdom they have a dumbo style carpets ride yeah in adventureland there but come on agrabah is one of the coolest most amazing fantastical places they've ever created in one of their films and to be able to fly through it is a dream of mine so yeah. I would like I this think to many happen. of our dreams. Yeah. 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 Many of our dreams. That's super cool, dude. Uh, I, I like using that area for that. Uh, I'm going to be using that area in my next idea for some of my <laughs> stuff as well, though. All right. <laughs> uh, and I know that this is fairly unconventional uh, for me to ask, but can I go last? Yes, you can. Can we skip me and, and have you and Mel go before I, I say my last idea? That's fine. Cool. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> it's going to be underwhelming after I give mine, but whatever. You can go last. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it, it, it's the worst of my three ideas. So. Oh, jeez. Wow. All right. You're up, Mel. All right. So Alice in Wonderland is calling for another expansion <gasps> because nice. I can't get enough of it. Right? I, I really agree. can't. I agree. <laughs> At a third floor. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well... I've wanted to take over the Mad Hatter because there's two. Disneyland is fine with one. Yeah, they so, just need to rename yeah. the one at Main Street. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It just needs to be like the Main Street 
haberdashery or something. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so this time I wanted to take inspiration from what's already there. And this is pretty much we're talking to the right of Alice's uh, queue and behind the Mad Tea Party. And that's the White Rabbit's home. And so what I want to do is I want to take that doorway, make it functional. And that could be, you know, you'll open it up. You'll be able to go inside. Of course, they'll have another door for us adults who don't want to crawl because sometimes it hurts. So <laughs> you just have to drink the little drink. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what I would like to see is we go inside and you see his home. But each wall, per se, I would love to see LED or magical windows, per se. And Ooh. inside, I mean, we don't really know. I mean, if someone does know and they correct me, cool. I don't know exactly where the white rabbit lives. So I'm assuming that he's in the hub of Wonderland. So inside, the south window would be showing us the Queen of Hearts courtyard. Nice. The north window which show us Togi Wood. The east window, which is actually facing the Mad Tea Party, which would mm -hmm. show where the Mad uh, Hatter and the March Hare lives. So you nice. would see all the teapots Ooh. and whatnot. The east, I mean, excuse me, the west window, which show his garden. And there's that scene where, you know, you see Bill just walking by. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it'd be cool to see, like, to look on that direction and be like, oh, okay, you see a random character like walk by just an everyday type of thing in Wonderland. And from the outside, it would be, you know, a larger part of his house. But this time, you know, let's have the chimney. Let's have Bill on top of that chimney. He's not going to climb, but it'll look cool to just have that little touch on top. Yeah. And we have that. We have that interaction. We're seeing everything. Why not have his garden? outside and we're going to be taking that tea you know the teacup's going to go so bye Ooh. if it's going to bring us something different yeah the single teacup you mean yes yeah, okay yeah, yeah. just that one the pink one <laughs> okay um i would like to see his garden with his carrots and whatnot like and he's nice. there to greet yeah so let's let's have a home for i'm all for meeting greets i really am we don't have the treasure cat i mean how cool would it be to have him there Tweedles, the queen, we got all these yeah. characters. Let's bring them out. Let's give them a home. So is so, that what this area is? It's just a meet and greet? Yeah. Okay. And I would love the, I think I'm more excited about the inside, about the windows. Because I yeah. try to think of, okay, what's here on this side? What's here on this side? What would be on this side? Or yeah. I tried like to match the directions to all the other scenes. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I like that. I, I like that idea. I, I the the one thing that I I'm having a hard time figuring out how to solve, and I'm mm -hmm. sure there's a solution. I just don't know what it is. If there's a meet and greet, it's gonna need a queue. Mm -hmm. So where do you put the queue? Well, we could build up. <laughs> I mean, no, why not? <laughs> They'll go down into a rabbit hole underground. <laughs> oh, that yeah. would be cool. <laughs> yep. You I could like always it. go down. No, we I we mean, do have that, that tunnel space. <laughs> but I love the idea of having windows that are magical, 
You know, it's kind of like some of the scenes in the Alice in Wonderland attraction now where Mm -hmm. you're looking at a flat wall, but it's really a projected scene of animation and it looks totally awesome. So you could do the same thing with windows easily. I think that's a really Mm -hmm. cool idea. Yeah, I like it. It's very cool. Especially getting the Tweedles out there. I think having an opportunity to interact with them, I think, would be fun. Heck yeah. Yeah. But I I think if we lost the teacup, though, like, I feel like it would need to be repositioned, like, on the opposite side of the Mad Tea Party. Like, maybe currently where the Cheshire Cat is on the opposite side of the attraction. Like, maybe it could go there. I think it should go a little further down, down closer to where the White Rabbit is in front of the bathrooms where there's kind of a little more room there. Yeah. And and that could work because then you still have a cool backdrop, too. Of mm-hmm. the castle stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then people could get really cool pictures of like watching a parade go by from the teacup. Right. True. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Gavin. Okay. Well, um, as I indicated in my first idea, um, Pinocchio is moving but not going away. So this last idea is in the tradition of all of my big ideas. It's going to be a more of a complex than a single attraction. And we're going to be taking over and expanding Fantasyland by a fair margin. So we're going to start with the uh, Fantasia Gardens area of Fantasyland, which is that kind of nondescript water area behind Edelweiss snacks uh, that's kind of in front of the Matterhorn underneath the monorail tracks um, Mm -hmm. just south of Small World for those of you who uh, don't know where it is. Uh, So that's the beginning uh, restructuring. But in order to accomplish what we want to accomplish here, we're going to have to affect Uh, three other major attractions. The first one is the monorail. Now, the monorail does a lot of winding back and forth through this area of Fantasyland and kind of Tomorrowland in its weird going-nowhere track. Uh, And I think it's time that the monorail gets reimagined as an actual form of transportation. So I think it needs to evolve and actually... Um, become a transport to both parks, uh, downtown Disney, and then, of course, eventually the third park, likely to be at Angel Stadium. So uh, that's going to be all of that track in that area that just loops through the trees is going to be removed. It's always weird to see the monorail go through Fantasyland anyway. It kind of throws things off for me. So uh, it's never going to go any farther into Disneyland than Tomorrowland. So that's that. The other thing that's going away is Autopia. And Autopia is, uh, in my mind, a thing of the past anyway. And the entire queue and loading area is going to be consumed by my Flynn's user gateway that I talked about in episode 241 anyway. So it's as good as gone. Uh, And then the last thing that will go away is the submarine attraction. Um, I will be consuming all of the area that is underground in the show building. Uh, We may find use for the lagoon. Uh, We can leave that water feature there because it's a nice feature of the park. Um, But 
basically that's the area that I'm taking up. So what I'm doing with this area is I'm creating a new expansion to Fantasyland that will allow us to step into the film of Pinocchio. And the front section of it is going to be Geppetto's village, which I think is perfectly positioned to be in the shadow of the Matterhorn uh, in that kind of alpine uh, area of Fantasyland. And yeah. you're going to get to explore some of the streets and avenues in and around uh, Geppetto's village. You'll get to visit his shop, which will be a new store uh, filled with... Um, music boxes and cuckoo clocks uh, themed after all of your favorite Disney themes. And you'll also have a plaza area kind of in the center of the village in which Geppetto or not Geppetto uh, Stromboli has pulled up his puppeteering wagon and will be putting on shows daily of marionette puppets, which is a thing uh, that is quite magical to me. Uh, So you get to see live puppeteering happen in the park. But the main area behind all of this becomes a new show building for my e-ticket mega Pinocchio extravaganza attraction. And it's going to be called Pinocchio's Escape. And (laughs) it's going to have the same intention of Pinocchio's daring journey to kind of be this thrilling, daring escape. But it's actually going to be thrilling and daring, unlike the current dark ride, which is a little, you know, uh, it it could use some plussing. Let's just say that. Uh, So my idea for this attraction is a boat ride. And it's going to utilize the technology that we know very well from Pirates of the Caribbean. But it's also going to incorporate some of the technology from the new iteration of that attraction in China. And it's also going to include some of the storytelling techniques from rides like Radiator Springs Racers. So it's basically going to be an adventure that splits one of two ways much earlier than Radiator Springs Racers does. And basically, you'll get two completely different ride experiences based on which way your boat goes. So in one iteration, it'll be the escape from Pleasure Island. And the other iteration will be the escape from Monstro. And they're both going to include drops and uh, thrilling moments of acceleration. And I feel like uh, Fantasyland is poised for its first true thrill ride uh, since, since Matterhorn, really, the, the first really thrilling thing. And it's going to keep guests coming back because they'll want to get both options. And uh, like so many of the modern attractions, there's going to be variety to it, even in either side. So there's going to be different things that happen, different choices that happen along the way. Um, With the Pleasure Island uh, story, you're basically going to be trying to uh, rescue Lampwick and get him out of there before he's turned into a donkey. 
And with the Monstro iteration, you're absolutely going to go into the belly of the whale. And it's basically about how the heck do we get out? And we light a fire. And then when he sneezes, it's going to go crazy. So (laughs) it's going to be thrilling. It's going to be fun. I feel like it's going to be like... On a thrill level, I'd put it somewhere between Pirates of the Caribbean and Guardians of the Galaxy. So most kids will be pretty cool with it. But I think, you know, little kids will probably be a little scared of it. But that's fine. They need something to grow into, right? Uh, Maybe scared too. I I think Melissa will be a little scared. but (laughs) I'm scared now. Yeah. But I think we could make it so filled with magic and storytelling that... Um, the thrills involved will be worth it, even to people who are a little scared. And I really want these this attraction to be an epic journey. You know, when you ride Radiator Springs Racers or Pirates of the Caribbean or Indiana Jones, you feel like you've gone on a on an adventure. You know, you feel like you've gone somewhere and you've you've experienced things along the way. And I want this to be like that. And I love the idea on Radiator Springs Racers that you split at some point and you get two different stories, you know, that one, it's only for one scene that you split with this one. It's literally after the opening scene, it's going to be the entire attraction is different. And, uh, that's, that's more or less the concept, but I feel like Pinocchio could really have a, uh, reawakening a, a reinvigoration of its uh, love and adoration with a quality attraction in the parks. You know, I feel like the same thing kind of happened with Snow White when they did the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in Magic Kingdom. A lot of people went back and watched that film and were like, "Oh my gosh, this is great!" Yeah, and I feel like Pinocchio doesn't get enough love. It's my absolute favorite Disney film. And I think it gets overlooked by a lot of people. People say, oh, it's 70, 80 years old, however old it is. You know, it, it doesn't really communicate to people today. I think that's bunk. I think it's awesome. And its lessons ring true today. And its artistry and imagination are boundless. So it deserves the very best attraction Disney can provide. I love it. <laughs> It sounds intense, but it sounds really good. (laughs) That's the end of the episode, guys. (laughs) Whatever. Gavin wins again. (laughs) uh, Man, just I was thinking about I I was gripping onto my chair as you were talking about you know that that thrilling part with Monstro. I mean. Gosh, I do want to feel that, but I know I'm going to be terrified. But I still want to experience that. Yeah, that would be crazy cool. I can just imagine going down a drop like you do in Pirates, and you're going into a drop where Monstro's mouth is wide open, and you're just getting swallowed by the whale. Well, and you know that that part in Splash Mountain where you're in the interior of the mountain and it's dark, and Mm -hmm. your log does that like drop and then back up like a roller coaster like i don't know how they pulled that off with a log flume but i'm thinking about things like that for you know inside the belly of the whale and you know on the on the pleasure island side it's really going to be like an intense like log flume kind of scenario and I, i just think 
either one can be really dynamic in its own way. One can be more uh, menacing and one can be more scary. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like the the storytelling is so epic in that movie. Like it's their most epic film by far. Like there's nothing as epic as Pinocchio. And I just I feel like you could do a double e-ticket attraction with it. Oh yeah. So uh, at the end, would they come together? Uh, so they both get like the same ending, or would each side? also get a different ending you know that's a great question i feel like it would be nice if they had each slightly different endings for added variety Uh um you know that's why i'm taking up so much room in the park because i want them to be two fully different experiences so they start out from the same spot so basically you're going to get in a boat in a canal like through geppetto's village and then it's like like pirates, like it's at night. And then you're going to like head out to sea and either go left towards Pleasure Island or right towards the open sea and then eventually get swallowed by Monstro, right? Yeah. And, you know, I feel like they should end in similar fashion, but in like maybe the scene before the end, it like wraps up the story differently, but then they both end up back in geppetto's village with like geppetto and pinocchio being a real real boy boy or something something. yeah yeah yeah. i think they can ultimately wrap up in the same place but their individual stories get wrapped up in the scene before that got it yeah that's cool yeah i like that Whew, that would be a nice e-ticket to have yeah i i that's the kind of stuff that i long for like the the interior experience attractions you know that's why something like Incredicoaster yeah it had some neat elements that it added but it's not like a to me it's not a Disney experience you know like the dark rides like Radiator Springs Racers Pirates Haunted Mansion like these are the Disney attractions that get us excited right that's what I want this to be well uh, I hope that in my last one, I I can channel that energy <laughs> into what I'm going to present because uh, I I have a very similar approach to what I want to do with my last idea. All right. Uh, but I love the idea of putting that e-ticket there. I love that it's two different experiences. And I love that you're pulling from ideas and technology from like different avenues around the park that's familiar to everybody too. Sweet. Ah, okay. I should have just gone before. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Yeah. So, uh, this attraction is possibly the most ambitious overhaul uh, since we've started doing these episodes that doesn't involve me tearing down an entire park. Okay, okay. All right. The attraction itself would use projection mapping, audio animatronics and physical elements moving around in 3d space to give the illusion of movement and to serve as scene transitions for starters uh, i would move casey jr and the storybook canal 
over to the motorboat cruise area that Gavin wants to use for his Pinocchio attraction. I love how you Primarily think you can because... just pick things up and move them. Like, oh, totally. Like physical that's, that's landscapes. How it works. Have you never played Roller Coaster Tycoon? That's how it works. Okay? I love it. It just takes a, a couple of clicks, and it's over in a new area, Gavin. Hey, this is a blue sky Wait, we session. we can have both. Yeah. Huh? We can have go. Casey Jr. on top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's space. Okay. It's all There's good. Space. All right. It's all good. Uh, so, yeah. So, I would take over that area because I think it's being <laughs> underutilized. And so, I would move Casey Jr. and the Storybook Canal Boats over into that area. This would essentially open up all of the area behind King Arthur's Carousel. And the other things that I would get rid of in that area would include the Red Rose Tavern. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, I would leave Dumbo where it is, Oh, okay. but I would get rid of Mr. Toad, <gasps> and I would get rid of uh, Pinocchio. Now, I'm not going to get rid of them completely. I am moving them, because again, just a couple of clicks. Fear not. Fear not. I'm actually moving them up into the area where Mickey and the Magical Map happens. Okay, okay. <laughs> This is like a big part, like slide puzzle to you. Like you're just it, it kind of is. Tiles and I'll around. tell you why. No, it'll make sense. It'll okay. make sense in a moment. Okay. okay. So I'm moving them up into that area. The other thing that I'm moving up into that area is the dance floor where the Royal Fantasy Band plays. Like that swing dancing that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm moving that to primarily where Mickey and the Magical Map is. Okay. So you have the two attractions, but you have the dance floor and the band playing in that area. Primarily to get them out of the way, make more space there, because that's going to be part of my queue. Okay. So the princesses are also going to move into Fantasyland. And I'll tell you where they go in a moment. The dark rides that exist today um, already have amazing artwork. They have amazing animatronics. And I want to repurpose a lot of that stuff for this attraction. Alice in Wonderland and the Mad Tea Party are safe. Don't worry. Those are not going anywhere. (laughs) However, the Mad Hatter and the Teacup are gone. So that's why I wanted to move it too, because I knew they were going to go away in my idea. (laughs) Um, so in every story that I've read that includes some kind of castle or some kind of like knights in shining armor and kings and queens and princesses and princes, um, there's always walls. There's castle walls and they're sometimes used for protection. Sometimes they're used for captivity, but there's always walls around a castle. So using force perspective techniques, I would create a giant semicircle enclosed courtyard that goes all the way back to the Fantasyland Theater. And the walls will now serve the purpose of hiding a two-story show building that goes underground. So the inside area would be transformed into more of a castle courtyard and the entrance facades to all of the attractions as they are right now would stand. I wouldn't get rid of them because it would just look like different shops and different areas inside of the courtyard. Uh Uh, But they wouldn't be queues anymore. They would just serve as an homage to the original attractions that existed there when they were queue areas. Um, I see Gavin's just, eyes because I think he's afraid of what's about look, to happen. I, I love your creativity, but also you're kind of a psychopath, man. Just <laughs> killing attractions without any heart. Just wait for it. Just, oh. just wait for it. Oh. Wait for it. So look, let's take inventory. Dumbo's still where it is. King Arthur's Carousel still where it is. Uh-huh. 
Pinocchio and uh, Mr. Toad have been moved to the back where the where making the magical map is. Also now the new home of the Royal uh, Fantasy Band and the dance floor. Uh, the Storybook Canals and Casey Jr. have been moved over to Fantasia Gardens. Okay, okay so we haven't really lost so Peter, anything. Peter Pan and Snow White are still intact. No, I'm breaking them down. <sighs> They're gone. They're gone. Okay, so everything on the inside of that courtyard, now a facade. Okay, nice. everything on the inside of the castle walls is now part of the new show building that I'm building. Oh, my God. Okay. No, no, stay, stay with me. Okay, stay with me. okay. <laughs> stay with me. Stay with me. Okay. So the queue and the loading area for this attraction would be, like I said, where the Princess Fair is. Uh, and I would just make that into a giant queue because y- you know how the castle has like two entrance, like side entrances, mm-hmm. like one through where the Snow White Grotto is and the other one like just behind like a random Bibbidi, behind Bibbidi where Bobbidi uh, Boutique, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique yeah. is. Mm-hmm. That, by the way, that shop, gone. Oh, yeah. It's, it's of just, course it it's is. Gone. Sleeping Beauty Castle, yeah. Gone. Of course. Partner's statue? No, the castle's still there. Main Street? Castle is still there. Relax. Relax. The castle's still there. I need it. (laughs) Okay. My heart can't take much more, Hazen. No, no. Listen, listen. So, remember, now we're enclosed inside of castle walls and we're inside of this fair. So, the princess meet and greets, where is now the home of my new queue, is moved to the back where uh, the storybook canals were once were. Okay, so they create a whole area in the back of Fantasyland where you can meet all of the princesses. Okay, the entrance to the attraction would be on that side of the castle. Okay, so that main entrance would kind of like walk you into the attraction. Uh, So as you board the attraction, you see pages of stories on the walls with excerpts of the stories that each one comes from. And each section would sync to the Disney Play app, allowing you to play games and trivia related to the movie that's currently on the story page. So to take it one step further, the story pages would be, they're basically screens, right? They're just showing you stuff. But it would show you a clip from the film with inconsistencies. And part of the game would be for you to determine what's wrong with that scene that they're showing you. Okay, So that's part of the experience of standing in that queue. The attraction itself would have vehicles very similar to Doom Buggies, but the back of the vehicle would only come up about halfway as opposed to being an entire clamshell the way that a Doom Buggy is. And there's a purpose for that, which I'll get into a little bit later. But like the Doom Buggies, this would be an Omnimover style system, Mm -hmm. but the major upgrade to this vehicle system would be that it's going to be mounted on an apparatus that would allow them to not only move left, right, forward, and backward, but it would also allow them to go up and down. Ooh. Wait, tilt up and down or rise up and down? Rise up and down. Bro. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So part of the story being told as you enter this attraction is that the vehicle that you're in is this magical transport machine that allows you to jump between stories. And each section of the attraction would have a large storybook, okay, that it's basically the story that you're about to enter. And as you're approaching it, this giant book just opens in front of you and you jump into a page, kind of like a magical portal that's taking you into that story. Okay. 
okay? As you enter each portal, the vehicles themselves would use a reverse projection system that would change the vehicle that you're in. So when you board it, it looks like a boring clamshell, but every time you enter a new story, it transforms into a vehicle related to that story. Yes. So the first story that you would jump into would be Snow White through the eyes of the dwarves. And the vehicle, this boring clamshell, transforms into a, a mine train that you're now traveling on as you're going through the Are woods we with, without a track. Are wearing VR apparatus? Nope. It's just projection nope. technology. It's just projections, just audio animatronics, and 3D cutouts that are all moving you know, to simulate movement and get you around the story. Now, one thing that I do want to do is every story would be set up in a figure eight configuration because there's space limitations, right? So in order to tell the entire story, you can do it by simulating a figure eight before you wrap out of the story and enter your brand new one. Okay. Okay. So as you exit the Snow White story, So remember, every transition is this book that's opening up that you're jumping into. Every time you go in, you see a reflection of yourself in this brand new vehicle. So now you know you're riding in something different that you weren't riding in before. Uh, And then you jump into Cinderella's story. Your vehicle turns into her carriage. And now you're in this new figure eight that's now telling you Cinderella's story. And you're seeing her, like, you know, run away at midnight and all that good stuff. You see her transform, everything that happens. Uh, As you exit that one, you now enter the Beauty and the Beast storybook. For that story, the vehicle becomes a boring wooden chair. But that's okay because the boring wooden chair makes sense once you start seeing all the other furniture and everything else moving around. As you see the BR guest number playing in the background and you see a bunch of plates and food and everything flying around and Lumiere's dancing in the background for you. Uh, As you exit that one, you enter the Aladdin storyline and your vehicle turns into a flying carpet. So in your vehicle, you look down and you see a carpet waving. But when you see the front panel and the sides that are protecting you, all you see is sky and stars. And all around you, all you see is sky and stars. (laughs) And as as you begin to feel the wind and they project uh, all these clouds around you, you feel your vehicle begin to rise and it begins to tilt back and forth as you're flying <laughs> through Agrabah. You win. Okay. <laughs> so then it begins to dive back down, okay? And it begins to take a nosedive so fast that you don't know what's happening. But in the water, you see a book open up and splash. Now you're in Ariel's world. And now you're under the sea for an adventure with everyone around singing to you. And you get to see the story of the Little Mermaid. As you begin to tilt back up, you, you get to feel that it's a little cold. And, and for some reason, you don't know why, but you need a jacket all of a sudden because as you pop out of the water, you're an Arendelle. <laughs> and the story of Anna and Elsa pans out for you as frozen fractals are all around you. And of course, you hear a rendition of Let It Go or whatever the key song from Frozen 2 will be once that film is out. It won't be as good as <laughs> Let It Go. that's going to be a thing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> A wisp of cool air catches you as your vehicle leans back to reveal that you're entering a new storybook once again as you hear doo 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 
and you see all this pixie dust falling on you and you hear, here we go. The back of your vehicle begins to lift and you now have a sail forming a mini galleon as you're <laughs> flying off into the sky and it lifts up going towards Neverland. <laughs> if you guys could so see now you're things. flying around and it's lifted up, right? <laughs> And as you look down, you see the projections and you see the animatronics and you see the models of Neverland, the way that they've been set up in Peter Pan, but they're plussed up because now you see all the little characters moving around and waving at you. You see all the mermaids in the lagoon and you see the rainbow form as you pass by the mermaid lagoon. This time, though, you're flying through Skull Rock. Yeah, you are. Because I missed that before. (laughs) Now you're flying through Skull Rock as you go to Neverland. I like it. As you're coming back towards the ground, you find yourself hearing this amazing music. And the, another book opens up, and all you hear as it's getting louder and louder, going down the bayou, going oh, down nice. the bayou, going down the bayou. And you see Tiana, and you see the, the party that's going on as you go right into the story of the princess and the frog. I like it. Uh, as, you, as you exit that area of the story, you end up on the water again. And then you start hearing, see the light. And around you, all these lanterns begin to rise. So there's all these physical 3D lanterns and all these projections. And all you're seeing are these lanterns fly up as you're, as you're just like cruising by looking at everything fly. You continue to go down into the water and you enter a brand new storybook. But you feel that the water is getting bumpy and you don't exactly know what's going on. And all of a sudden right over you, you see this giant blue stingray appear. (gasps) And all of a sudden, the waves begin to bounce you up and down and you realize that you're a wayfinder because you need to know how far you'll go. And so you follow the ray and you finally get get to a point where they present you the heart of Tefiti and then you present it and the lava monster disintegrates and everything goes nice and well and beautiful as you enter the final storybook of the attraction. Oh, I hope it's home on the range. Go, 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 go. It's better than that. It's home on the range. (laughs) So the final book pays homage to the castle, of course, where everything started. And we go into the story of Sleeping Beauty and you see Aurora's story and you get to see the fairies and you get to see the battle and you get to smell the cake. You don't get to taste it, but you get to smell the cake. (laughs) And as you're approaching the end, you see a giant dragon like you do at Disneyland Paris, like a giant dragon animatronic that begins to like rise up and it's about to attack you before a Prince Philip animatronic slays the dragon and you end your trip through the storybook adventure that you've just been on and you pop out of the final story everything around you just magically begins to dissipate and it just turns into a regular room again and the vehicle that you're on just turns into a a boring gray vehicle for the final time before you get off of the attraction okay um that was (laughs) epic af uh i love it let's talk let's talk brass tacks here I, I'm I'm a little confused about the show building, the shape of it, where you enter, where you exit, 
Describe that a little bit to me, and where do we physically sure. travel during this ride? Okay. The show buildings on the outside of Fantasyland mm-hmm. now become the top floor of the show building. Okay. The show building will be built two stories, but the, the one story will be underground the way that the mansion okay. is. So the entire attraction starts off on the, on the left side of the castle where the Princess Fair is right now. That's where you enter. And all of the attractions happen as you're traveling throughout the entire castle walls that now surround okay. Fantasyland. So you kind of start near where Snow White is and you end near where Peter Pan is. You end where the old heraldy shop is. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And you make the whole so, circuit all the way around. It's a around. grand circle tour of Fantasyland, okay. and all these attractions happen within those what walls is of the, the castle. What do you predict is the attraction length? Uh, I would say that it's going to be about 12 to 15 minutes long, just like Pirates. Oh, okay. I, th- I feel like But it be because longer. it's on an Omnimover system... Yeah. It will allow you to port through a good three to four thousand people an hour. Right, 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 right. And um, tell me why you left out Hercules. Uh, because I wanted to keep it a little bit more true to the princesses, <laughs> oh. and I know that I left a couple out. Okay, okay, okay. I know that I left a couple out. All right, but uh, so that would explain uh, the absence of Big Hero Six. Okay, got it. Yeah, but it does open up attraction area at California Adventure since I pulled Ariel into this attraction, and that one's now going to be vacant. Oh, no. I like that one. Yeah. Well, now we can use it for something else. I feel like the difference between you and almost everybody else who has ideas about the park is you're willing to just cut anything. (laughs) Yep. And I, I like that. You're very bold. I really like it. I, I think this is an interesting concept. It reminds me of the little riverboat cruise in Shanghai where you go through all the fountains of different Disney stories. Yeah. Right? Where it's yeah. like a bunch of different stories in one. We don't really have that in any other attraction, mm-hmm. right? It's unique to that yeah, part. Yeah. So I like that part of it for sure. And and the fact that you can transition from one story to another I'm super fascinated by your ride system. That sounds amazing. And I really would love to see them be able to pull that off. And I wonder if it would work better from the ground up or from the ceiling down. You know, like, I don't know. because So I thought about from the ceiling down. And I felt that it would take away some of the visual aspects, especially like when you're in the lantern scene and stuff like that. So the reason I made it basically lift uh, is because you'll you'll never see the mechanics because of the reverse projection in the in the vehicle itself. It'll always yeah, look like you're looking the, down at something. You see the track in front of you, right? That's the only not thing. Not the I way that think. I plan on projecting stuff. Oh really? If you yeah. can hide the track, then yeah, it wouldn't be any any difference. Yep, nope. But man, nope. I I like it because. It'll be like it'll kind of be like Philhar Magic, but a ride, you know, where you get to see yeah. the greatest hits of Disney in a fifteen-minute attraction that you're actually traveling through. So yeah. I I super dig this idea. I hate the idea of everything else you're doing to Fantasyland to make it happen. I feel like we could come up with a better solution for that. But I love 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 the ride. <laughs> Well, thank you. You had me sold. You had me sold. I had to put my head away. I'm like, the moment you hit 
Ariel and up, I was like, <gasps> like my, I just kept losing my breath thinking, <laughs> oh my God, the, the, the transitions and the first thing that you would see, the visuals, I mean, I haven't seen anything and I'm like, oh my God, I'm already crying on something that doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> but <laughs> well, and it's I, I so think, good. And I think it'll be Thank interesting you. though, when we get to New Orleans Square to see if uh, you'll still want Princess and the Frog in that. Oh, I, I'm going to say some things when we get to that <laughs> one that are not going to be very popular and people are going to be like, wait, what? Oh my <laughs> God. Sorry, Club 33 members. You're gone. <laughs> yeah, think a little further uh, west. <gasps> Ooh, interesting. Uh-oh. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so anyway, there's a teaser. <laughs> Man, I knew we would come up with truly epic ideas for Fantasyland because, you know, this this whole theme for this month has been just purely magical because Fantasyland is the heart of the magic of mm-hmm. everything, right? Like it is it's the soul of the park in many ways. And so many of us that love the parks and love attractions and love Imagineering and all of this, uh, our hearts are in Fantasyland. They always have been and they probably always will be, even if it's not our favorite land. Like there's something mm-hmm. that draws us all to it because it is, there's a pureness about it. And I, I love that. And I'm very pleased with all of our epic ideas for Fantasyland because it it engenders a creativity that no other land does you know it just it's it's absolutely magical and i this was a fun one yeah well said yeah this uh like i said this is probably the most ambitious overhaul i've ever done <laughs> uh that that doesn't involve me tearing down an entire land kudos <laughs> but i just had to shift a few things around i mean didn't you entirely tear down a land? I kind of not really because I moved things around. <laughs> <laughs> Loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Small World didn't get touched, so. <laughs> well, I like Small World too, so I want to keep that. <laughs> uh, However, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Again, I think you said it best, Gavin. This was super fun. The entire month was just uh, amazing. I think I learned so much uh, just from the research and everything that we did for the previous episodes. We hope that all of you listening learned something about Fantasyland. You know, that's our goal every time that we put these types of episodes together and all of the history stuff. So we want to hear your thoughts now. If there's anything in Fantasyland that you would like to overhaul or you would just like to get rid of, let us know. Join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers and, you know, tell us what you'd like to change, you know, or what you'd like to see better represented in the parks because there are a lot of properties that we just don't see a lot at Disneyland especially. And before we end the episode, I do want to remind you that this episode of Pocketeers is brought to you by listeners just like you. 
all of you listening right now at this moment. We like to call those listeners our podcast fairy godparents, but they've gone and called themselves the FGP Squad. And if you want a little bit more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad, you can head over to podcateers.com FGP for more information uh, because it's their contributions via Patreon that help us keep going on a weekly basis. Plus, in June, just mere weeks away, we're going to be celebrating <laughs> our fifth anniversary. And as we launch into our fifth year, uh, we're going to start giving back to the FGP squad. And we're going to start off by just doing giveaways to all of the members. And we're going to start giving away stuff like fairy godparent shirts, uh, other swag that we're currently in the process of making, like podcateers hats and maybe some mugs. Um, who knows? Just stuff is coming. But if you're not part of the FGP squad, you can't be part of the giveaways. So the best way to be part of those giveaways is to join the FGP squad. So again, more information on how you can join is over at podcateers.com slash FGP. And you can always message us if you have any questions. You know, the 90s are coming back in a, in a big way. Maybe we should do some podcateers scrunchies. Ooh, or slap bracelets. Slap bracelets. <laughs> slap bracelets. <laughs> or podcateers pogs. Oh my god, oh, yes. We could have a Pogketeers team. A Pogketeers, yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, <wow>. <laughs> oh my god. So yes, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send out a huge thank you for all of your support. Super thanks. All right, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Yeah. Any any closing words before we, we close up shop for today? Um, who who won this week? Is it a is it a three way tie? Because I feel like it's a three way tie. I think it's a three way tie. Because I think it's a three way tie. Honestly, just... if I don't get that Sherwood Forest Robin Hood restaurant, I'm <laughs> right? gonna be pissed. And an epic <laughs> attraction where we ride through all of the dark rides in one. It's true. Uh, plus Pinocchio Village and Agrabah and Agrabah. Like it, yeah. Let's just do it all. Let's. We'll we'll move the five like a mile to the right. <laughs> yeah, and we'll just okay. expand. If Roller Coaster Tycoon has taught me anything, <laughs> is that all it takes is a couple of clicks. There it is. Let's let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on that note, thank you all as always for listening. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, everyone. Major look.